Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we discuss Marvel's Shang-Chi. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. This is James. Today, we're going to do a mini review on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring Simu Liu, directed by Destin Daniel, Destin Daniel Cretton, written by Dave Callahan, also Destin Daniel Cretton, and Andrew Lanham. And Shang-Chi was a great time. I think that Marvel once again proved that whatever they touch is just gold for they can do anything. Yeah. yeah, like first it ha- happened with Guardians of the Galaxy where you took this group of heroes that mainstream audiences had never heard of and they made them superstars and the same thing with Shang-Chi, you know, a character that anyone outside a comic book world and fandom had never heard of. I had never heard of him and then they made him a superstar. So I think that Marvel has really shown that they have the secret formula to make audiences love a movie. Yeah, and also the marketing of this film is super interesting. Like it's gone it's been so heavy on like TikTok and Instagram where people are marketing the movie for Marvel in an immense way. Like, it's everywhere. It's all anyone's talking about. So it's like they don't even have to put that much time and money into marketing their movies anymore, especially something like Shang-Chi. So it's incredible to see the the, uh, outpouring of love and anticipation to see this movie for people who had never seen a Shang-Chi movie. And it did well at the box office. What was it, 60 million? It was actually 70 million opening weekend for Labor Day. So Mm -hmm. I think it broke the Labor Day weekend record. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of pandemic covid um releases i think it's second for so what godzilla for, for opening weekend i think godzilla was like a hundred yeah i think godzilla crushed it in yeah its opening. and that but godzilla was like the first big movie back so i think people really were curious about going to the theaters again but marvel i mean and the reason why 70 million doesn't sound like a lot but for september that's a big deal because big movies come out in the summer and smaller movies come out in the fall to so be able to make 70 million opening weekend in september is a big deal and so the time that this movie takes place, so it's it's after Avengers Endgame, but I think it's before Spider-Man um, Far From Home or like around that same period, kind of the same period as Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well. And I think obviously after WandaVision, because WandaVision, that takes place, what, two weeks basically after Endgame? Yeah, right after something it. Because like Vision's that. body's still there. So it's somewhere in that area of like maybe before... Far from home. I could be wrong. Someone can correct me in the comments if if that if I have the placement of the where it is in the timeline of the Avengers Phase Four because this is technically it's not the first movie post Endgame that we've gotten. It's not um, the it's not the first Phase Four. It, we've gotten a Phase Four Black Widow movie flashback, but, but that was like a doesn't count because it it's not place, part of Phase Four. It took four. place before Phase Three and get the end of of Phase Three. So yeah. that's like. So it's really technically the first Phase 4 movie. You could say, I mean, the, the second Spider-Man movie kind of was too, I guess, because mm-hmm. that was the first one after Endgame, right? Yeah. Um. So something like that. Yeah, that's about right. It's a lo- getting a little confusing now. Yeah, yeah. Chris Nolan could clear it up for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows all about time jumps. But I had a good time with Shang-Chi because it reminded me a lot of Winter Soldier where the combat and the martial arts in Shang-Chi is fantastic. You know, I think they had the, the choreographer from The Matrix who did this. I think he passed away right before the film was released, though, unfortunately. So they had a lot of people who knew what the hell they were doing. Their stunt team was excellent. The The martial arts is so well choreographed. And kind of like Winter Soldier, what I loved about that movie the first time I saw it and why it's one of my favorite MCU movies, it's like in my top three, 
is the combat was so different than what we were used to with the previous Marvel movies. Because obviously Hulk smashes, Thor just throws his hammer around <laughs> and lightning and stuff like that. Iron Man flies around. Captain America, you could say, has his own style of combat and fighting compared to all the other fighters. And we actually see that. In, and then we see it with Shang-Chi has his own very specific martial arts that he uses. And it, it's something that I think Marvel was always missing in terms of combat. Because we grew up watching Jet Li movies, Jackie Chan movies, the, the Bruce old, Lee. older Bruce Lee movies. And, and it was great to watch these big budget box office bo- um, um, movies. But including the spectacle, there's great hand-to-hand combat and great martial artists. You and I have a bit of a background in martial arts, and so we know we know what that art form and that craft is like and how difficult it is. And so it's great to see that in a Marvel movie, finally, because Shang-Chi, um, bef- without the rings, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's mm-hmm. still, he's just a man, just like Iron Man, without a suit. So I really enjoyed the, as well, I think the strength of the movie was the combat. And uh, this movie, it reminded you of Winter Soldier, but for me, it reminded me of Black Panther, because you have these two people who come from the, in terms of Black Panther, Panther come from the same world. And then in this film, father and son. So they have a, a deep personal connection. They have the same abilities by the end of the film. And they are fighting to control the power of the, of the society in terms of Shang-Chi fighting his father. And then Black Panther fighting um, kill, uh, Killmonger. So it I reminded me. Plus the big spectacle of the giant battle at the end, I got definitely reminded of Black Panther's third act. Well, that now that you bring up the father-son relationship, how in both those films, whereas in, in obviously in Shang Chi, his father's a villain, the Mandarin, played by uh, also Wenwu, played by Tony Leung. Um, it reminds me now also of Thanos and Gamora. You know that father daughter father son relationship where you have you've you followed your father to an extent but then you've abandoned him or left him because you can't put up with the things that he does anymore which is basically what with uh shang chi does you know shang chi basically exiles himself was he like 14 years old after he's forced to uh, do that mission by his father the assassination because he's brought up in that intense uh discipline of of training for, by his father after his father becomes the mandarin for the second time and so shang chi similar to gamora exiles from their father to kind of well shang chi more hides who he is you know he goes by sean now he works at that valet with aquafina and so he's katie he's, he's katie sorry he's hiding he's hiding in plain sight basically to escape his father to escape his past Whereas Gamora does the same thing, but she does it with the Guardians. Daddy issues in the Marvel universe for sure, big but, time. But um, Tony Young, Tony Leung is a icon in China in the cinema history of that entire country. He is, Have you ever seen the Grandmaster? Yeah, oh yeah, oh, he's he's great as it man. Yeah. And but he's also been in a ton of Wong Kar Wai movies. Um, so he's a, an icon in that country. And this was actually his first American production. It's the first time he ever worked with an English speaking crew. So I'm sure it was nice for him to work with a different um, crew from around the world and, and be a part of a big universe expanding um, film like this. And I'm sure he'll show up again. But I think that him as the Mandarin was obviously a great improvement upon Trevor from Iron Man 3, yeah, which I, I never liked. I think Marvel was like, oh, we kind of messed up and everyone hates us. I hated it so much when yeah, I saw it. I agree. I think that, I mean, because when Iron Man 3 came out, Feige and Marvel were like, oh, we wanted to subvert expectations and, you know, surprise the audience. So I think that then... They were sticking to their guns with making the Mandarin just a, a disguise by um, Guy Pierce's character. I can't remember his name. And then I think over the last few years, they've been like, you know, we need to actually bring the Mandarin into the story for real. So I think they 
completely turn over on their plan with that. They're it, like, it, oh, actually, it's so this actually, guy. It, it was him there, the whole time. There is a real Mandarin. It was Wenwu this whole just, time. Let's just forget about what we did the, those other two times. So, so it's a double fake. But it's, it's like, interesting because they hinted at the Ten Rings in the first Marvel MCU film. So Iron Man, when he's captured and kidnapped, and they're taking the, the he's being held hostage, and they're recording that that basically ransom video. The the uh, tarp behind them. The curtain, it's the Ten Rings logo, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. Their brand. <laughs> like, it's like Ten Rings, then sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, that, and speaking of that, I like how with Wenwu, the Mandarin, uh, how I think this was possibly was the, f- the first time that Marvel went back to ancient culture in their entire filmography. I, I think maybe. Because well, not counting MCU. Yeah, MCU. Yeah, MCU. Because not counting like intergalactic, like I'm sure, like, you know. Thanos, I don't know how old he is, but I'm sure they're hundreds of years old. But this is the first time, I believe, that we went back to an ancient culture in terms of the um, Wenwu's um, background with his character um, when he got the Ten Rings and became the Mandarin and was a warlord in ancient China for a while. So I really like that aspect of showing the background of his character and how he's literally like thousands of years old because of the rings. Yeah, and the characters are all really well developed in specifically staying on on Wenwu and how he became the Mandarin, then he fell in love with Li, and then he decided not to be the Mandarin, and then after Li's death, he... He thinks she's dead or at she first. Think, yeah. He thinks she's dead. Um, he becomes the Mandarin again and is even worse of a warlord, you could say. He's always driven by his love mm-hmm. and, and the things that happen to him. So... I, I understand the they did a good job with this villain. It's one of the Marvel's best villains for sure, because he, even though he abandoned the the idea of the Mandarin to re, be part of his family, he went back to the Mandarin because of the the love of his life being taken from yeah. him. And spoilers, I'm gonna start saying some stuff, guys. If you haven't seen the yeah, movie, yeah. this is this a, a review, a full yeah. warning now for yeah. spoilers. And then his character gets even more fleshed out. You know, when he fights his son for the first time, defeats his son, banishes him to the lake, and then when the man when Wenwu sacrifices himself basically to save his son, then transfers the ten rings to him right before he dies. So he he kind of When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Comes full circle as a character. and he, he has probably the most ups and downs of his character in terms of arcs. Oh, yeah. I think he's I think he's the most interesting character in the movie. Although Shang-Chi is a great character and Simu Leo did a, a fantastic job leading this movie. It's a big movie. It's his first major blockbuster and it, that's a very daunting task for a newish actor. And so to be able to pull off this performance in this gigantic film, that means a lot to a lot of people. I think that he did an outstanding job. Yeah, I like Aquafina in this movie too. She's obviously like that 
humor outlet that Marvel needs in their films, and she she does a great job. With it. She's super funny. No, and, that, this is a movie where not every character is a sarcastic yeah, comedian yeah. because they can just funnel it through her. Yeah, that's what I like about it, rather than everyone. like That's what I, my always thing about the Avengers <laughs> movies is everyone is a stand-up comedian. <laughs> but then let's just, let's just have one character do the main comedy, which works better, I think. That's a better format. I think that's better, too. And she's kind of like, it seems like she'll be a future love interest for Shang-Chi. Maybe, maybe, maybe not, but she's sort of like... Pepper Potts, but funnier. It's but important also, not to have them have a relationship right now. But also, un- unlike Pepper Potts, who you could say in Iron Man 1 is in love with Tony, despite Tony not realizing or even noticing her besides being his assistant, it's not like that with Katie and Shang-Chi, where she's not like uh, like secretly looking at him and obsessed with them and yeah. in love with them and trying to get him to notice her. She just like... They're just pals. They're just, dude, they're, they're pals. Yeah. That's like they go out drinking they and they they hang out and socialize and work together. So yeah. it's just like they're friends. I, it feels like they're building something there though. Exactly. For the future. But it definitely feels like a real friendship. Like the small the the those few scenes in the first act of them um hanging out together, I think that really ties the connection to the audience with yeah. the characters. But I think Shang-Chi overall was like the new a new heartbeat, new kind of energy that the MCU really needed, especially when we're throwing in all the martial arts because the first two acts of the film, tons of hand-to-hand combat and martial arts, which is really great. Again, the choreography is fantastic. Yeah, I'd say the highlight is the razor fist fight on the bus. I wish there would have been more of that in the third act because the third act, they just go full Avengers superpowers combat style. That's where, where I'm saying it reminded me of Black Panther. It had yeah. that same like gigantic battle where I would say like you don't have to do that in the first film of a franchise. Maybe expand, maybe keep the stakes smaller. Um, but I think they did that as a way to get everyone involved. They, I think the, the part of the formula is to make sure that all the characters they've established are involved in the climax rather than just the two leads. And so as a way of doing that, just have these giant armies battle, then you can have every single character having their part to play in the finale. It would have been cool if... Shang-Chi and his father had to fight without powers that's for what, the yeah. power of the Ten Rings. That's, I think that would have been cool because that that would yeah. be the whole point of it being a martial arts movie where the big final combat battle at the yeah. end between the, the protagonist and antagonist, like it usually is in martial arts films and kung fu films, is always the best part where we have the ultimate martial arts sequences of the film. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree because I would say that the martial, the fights in the first act of the movie are the best fights in the movie yeah within 30 minutes i'm like this movie's sick because it's raw it's visceral it reminds you of the movies we grew up on um because we're such fans of those actors and it felt different for the mcu whereas i definitely understand why they're like we need to have them fight with the powers but also it kind of took you out of like i wanted that those first fights to be this great epic battle between father and son without powers like you said and then shang chi can use the the powers of the ten rings to the fight the demon at the end. Yeah. So he could still use the Ten Rings for the next battle, but it doesn't have to be against his father. I think in, I think also it would have shown like a more visceral, raw way of him earning the power of defeating his father. Yeah, probably, yeah. More deserving of the rings. But you know, that's that's the MCU. This is like their movies all hit the same beats. Same thing with Black Widow. We wish they would have toned that down as well instead of having it... Less they, CGI. That was basically yeah. the Avengers... In, the, in in Black Widow format, and yeah. same thing with some of the other MC movies that we've talked about, where it, it would be cool to tone it down a little bit, but it is what it is. That's how they do their films. Yeah, I would just say for a first movie to yeah. keep it a little bit smaller. Is, yeah, that's what I would prefer. But it, it yeah. still works overall. You know? It was a really yeah. good time. I would say I I want to watch it again before I like throw it in like my top like. 10 MCU films because like, there's what, 25 there's, now there's so many yeah, there's 25 so it's hard to constantly yeah. rearrange your list but I could see if I watch it again I, I still really enjoy it. I could put it in my top 10 up there with like 
films like Winter Soldier and, and Infinity War, Endgame. Yeah, and then a movie, Thor, Ragnarok. A movie like this, it, the highlights are obviously the production design, cinematography is excellent, the costume and wardrobing are really fantastic, and I like the implementation of like that secret city, Talo, which has like these mythical beasts in it. Super cool, so, very different for the MCU, and also obviously you can see inspiration from films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and things like that, which were, were like homages to those films, which we yeah. love. And then we have some credit scenes. You know, we have Bruce Banner's back, and he's say what he's and he's not the Hulk anymore, which yeah. is interesting. So, what's he say? He says that they're giving off a signal, the Ten Rings. So, that, yeah, and Captain if, Marvel's there too. And I don't know if that has something to do with the Eternals or something with it. Might be a, a future villain. It's in gonna the MCU. be maybe reaching out to someone out there. Yeah, and yeah. then I don't know. What's going and to then Shang Chi gives Xiaoling the Ten Rings, so she'll be in charge of the Ten Rings. So will she? Get corrupted by the Ten Rings like her father and become a major villain in the MCU. That'd be cool. Why not? That'd be pretty cool because, you know, it was an evil organization for so long. I'm just curious in terms of Shang Chi. I mean, he's a title character. What part is he? How much? How involved can he be in like big action sequences leading in the in the following films and especially team up movies if he doesn't have the power of the Ten Rings? Yeah. So I'm just curious what they'll do with him now that he doesn't have the rings. Well, we'll find out. I mean, Black Widow did fine. She did a pretty good job, and yeah. so did Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Although, like we talked but about, but he they... doesn't have like a weapon he can shoot at people. True, but she only had those like electrocuting <laughs> wrist things and the the batons. Not always. Yeah. Okay. You're right. She you're hardly right. ever right. had the batons. You're right. She, you're right. You know, like that's what we talked about. Like Hawkeye. Black Widow, they never needed superpowers, to be, but they were also exceptional at a specific thing. Hawkeye obviously shooting bow and arrow, yeah. and then um, Black Widow just martial arts hand-to-hand combat with her gear. So maybe it'll be kind of like Black Widow's uh, repertoire of tools and weaponry where he'll he'll, he'll, on, fist. he'll have martial arts with him, obviously, yeah. but like maybe some other cool gadgets to help yeah. him out. Yeah, probably right. Yeah, yeah. and I'm sh- I'm curious to see if Big Hulk will come back. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, he. She-Hulk will be coming out in a few months, so yeah. we'll keep an eye out for that. But yeah, that wraps up our mini review on Shang-Chi. Hope you all had a good time watching this movie. If you checked it out, um, it'll be on Disney Plus in, what, another two, three weeks? 40 days. Oh, 40 days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it just came out. That's 40 right. days. So, yeah, three more weeks, four more weeks. But I'm sure if, uh, if, if you feel Five, comfortable going to the theater, weeks. definitely check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we got it. If, if you feel comfortable going to a theater, if you love Marvel, check it out. Marvel's back in theaters, so that's always a good thing. And... Hope you enjoy this movie as much Take as we care. do. Yeah, and yesterday we just posted our episode on the Spider-Man Sam Raimi trilogy with Tobey Maguire, and it was so fun to do, Epic. so check that out. And then Thursday we have something else special coming for you. And also our Patreon episode posts on Wednesday. That's the secret, though. Yeah, so take care, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.